0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Leading to Success podcast. I'm your host today, Chris Moore, and I'm one of the 2021 to 2023 trainees of the Dolphin Flying Start program. In this podcast series, we will give insight into the Flying Start, share with you our experiences and what we've gained from the program. Going forward, we will also have on industry guests and alumni to share their experiences of the programme and how they have benefited from it. So listen in and if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to the Godolphin Flying Start Management team on Twitter at Flying Start News or to any of our current trainees or past trainees. Just a quick reminder that applications for the next year intake are open and we're encouraging anyone thinking about applying to contact us for any help or any questions. Joining me today is fellow trainee Margo Herrinks, a new member of the Godolphin Flying Start team in Martina Dempsey, who's responsible for recruitment, and two exciting alumni of the course in Mimi Wadham and Violet Hesketh of WH Bloodstock, winners of the 2020 Godolphin Flying Start Rising Star Awards, whose business seems to be going from strength to strength at the moment. So without further ado, let's hear from our fellow first-year trainee, Margot.
1: I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem. So I guess, first of all, it'd just be really useful for everyone listening to get a bit of your background prior to the course.
1: Um, yeah, so I actually grew up in Newmarket, so it's very nice for me to be back here. Um, I suppose from a young age, I was mainly involved in sales and racing. As a kid, I rode out for Luca Camani and Lucy Wadham. Um, and I also worked for Highclere at the sales um, since I was probably fifteen. Um, yeah, so that's my main main interest is racing and sales.
0: Oh, brilliant! And uh, how have you found the UK phase so far?
1: Yeah, it's been really great. Um, although it's only about six weeks, it's been absolutely full of um, visits and lectures. So we've been to lots of racing yards. We've been to Charlie Appleby's, uh, Roger Varian's. We went to Shadwell Stud this morning and also went to Cheveley Park. So it's really great just to see the variety of trainers and studs around the area.
0: Definitely. And has there been, there's been some rotations? Where have you been on your rotations and, and how have you found them?
1: Yeah, so I was with Amy Murphy on one of my rotations. I was also at the Dalham Hall stud offices. And we also all did a British racing school rotation, which I think I can say on behalf of everyone was a massive highlight. Um,
0: how was that? Tell us, a, tell us a little bit more about that and, and what you got up to at the BRS.
1: Yeah, so we had uh, Mike Hammond coaching us for the week, and he was fantastic. He really made sure that regardless of how much experience we'd had in the past with race horses that everyone kind of had a go at everything, we ended up schooling horses over the hurdles. We were jumping out of Stalls, um, and also did a little bit of work riding and fitness work on the simulators. So yeah I think everyone had a great time there.
0: Yeah I think uh, a lot of the fellow trainees particularly enjoyed the schooling um, and I think uh, it was a great experience for all. That's great I mean I know we're sort of going on about it a little bit with the recruitment um, season being upon us so I guess just from you being a, a current trainee on the course would you have any um, advice for anyone who's hoping to apply or?
1: Um, yeah, I think for me coming in, it was really important that I'd done a little bit of work abroad. Um, I'd worked in Australia, Ireland and France previously. Um, so I think that's something that really um, stands to you when you're applying for the course. But I think, as we've said before, it's, it's not a, necessarily a case of having been involved in racing all your life. There's definitely lots of different pathways of getting on to the Flying Star and I think basically we'd encourage anyone who has any sort of interest to apply and even if you're not getting on this year, there's always next year and we're always here to help you and advise you and guide you in any way we can, so please do get in touch.
0: And I uh, saw you bobbing around the sales ground quite a bit, um, how was your time with Tattersalls during the Follum Mare sales?
1: Yeah, it was great to be back at Tats. Um, I would have spent a lot of time there when I was a bit younger. So, yeah, it's great to be back. Um, I was very fortunate when I was at Goths. Um, the Doyles took me around with them, and I was lucky enough, again, for the Tats sales to accompany them. Looking at foals, they're obviously massive like industry leaders, so they looked at a lot of horses for lots of different clients. Um, so that was fantastic in- insight for me. Um, I also bought a few foals with friends and family whilst I was there so it was nice to have a bit of uh, professional insight before I went ahead and did that.
0: Anything interesting that we should be looking out for at the yearling sales next year?
1: Yeah I mean fingers crossed that Harry Angel goes and uh, performs on the track because we bought a, a lovely um, filly by him so hoping hoping she turns out to be a nice one.
0: Brilliant and how about the mare sales then?
1: Again, yeah, I was really lucky. Um, I was able to go around the mare sales with Roger O'Callaghan of Tallyho Stud. Um, for me, I wouldn't have had a huge amount of experience with the mares, so it's fantastic for me to kind of get a bit more of a feel of of what leading breeders are really looking for in in mares. Um, it's obviously quite different to to the foals and yearlings. So yeah, I absolutely loved that, and thanks again to all the agents who who took us on and took time out of their busy schedules to, to talk to us and help us
0: absolutely and um yeah an exciting time for Tally Ho, I guess with the season that Kottai Glory's had um and some exciting horses coming through like Inns of Court and the new fella Starman so I bet that was a great experience Margot thank you very much thanks for having me And now we're going to be joined by Martina Dempsey, who is the newest member of the Flying Start management team. Afternoon, Martina. How are you? Good
2: afternoon, Chris. I'm good. How are
0: you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. How is everything over in Kildangan at the moment? Yeah,
2: it's great. It's a lovely sunny afternoon here, so I can't
0: complain. A little bit overcast here, but still nice. Seems to have warmed up a bit. Um, I guess for... a. Uh, For anyone who sort of doesn't know about your background, it'd be good to get a bit of an intro from you, a bit about your background and and what your new role is within the team.
2: Okay, so um, my background is basically horses. I was in horse maths since I could literally walk, but my educational background is I have a degree in equine management that I got in Caffrey and then I went on to do um, a master's in applied equine science in UCD. And kind of where, my, where I fit into the industry is, I've kind of worked for over 15 years in racing between Ireland and I spent a year in Australia. And then I went on and I was worked as an equine lecturer for seven years. So that kind of brought me up to this role in Godolphin Flying Start as the Ireland coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so far I'm very new into the role, I only started in October. But so far, I've been in charge of recruitment, so getting adverts out there to different publications and liaising with different applicants, so answering questions for people that are now going through the application process. And also, I've done a bit of research around former graduates, so looking at where they are now and, you know, what jobs to currently in so that's kind of been my roles up to now
0: yeah that sounds interesting there's a hugely widespread of, of alumni across the world so uh... yeah
2: it's, it's really interesting to see where they've gone and you know just so many different jobs and careers they've gone into so it's very interesting
0: yeah absolutely and um what what sort of attracted you then to to, to join the flying start team
2: I suppose my background in education and I'm quite passionate about education within the turbot industry and I just think that if the more uh, education we can bring to it the more the industry benefits so just around that and you know working with young people as well I, I'm a real people person yeah. so I just enjoy the whole task of working with young people too so it's great.
0: Yeah brilliant and you mentioned you're going to be quite heavily involved in the recruitment side for not just next year's intake but um, the future as well what what do you see um as the benefits of the course
2: so it really is what the individual makes of it Um i'm sure even so far if you were talking to your um classmates different experiences you've had so far can vary a little bit but what what the big benefit is is it offers trainees um help helps them realize their career path and all the time um, mentoring them so as they're trying to figure out what they want to do and where they want to end up, they're given you know the skills they need to do this, but they receive a lot of mentoring. Along the way, they're exposed to a lot of international travel, but it's not just like they're going out there on their own. They have that support network of Godolphin Flying and Start and you know the mentoring behind that. And they're exposed to such a wide network of people within the industry as well. So as they go through their different phases and they you know go to different countries and they're traveling and all that, they get to meet people. And again, it's what each trainee makes of it. So if they're interested in a particular area, we may try and like uh, push them in that direction and help them to meet people within the area that they're interested in the industry. So it really can be what the, you make it.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, certainly, obviously, being on this this year's programme, I think that's, that's pretty spot on. Um, and what sort of type of people are you aiming to attract then in in your role now for next year's intake
2: so if any uh, potential kind of applicants look on the website they can see the general criteria so the website um outlined you know the different education routes and uh, the different experience levels and things like you know full driver's license but they're kind of just a very general criteria so if you're kind of looking at the type of people we want it's individuality so we never want to have you know, twelve applicants that are carbon copies, the exact same as each other. We like to see a bit of diversity there, so we look for um, um, we look for things like maturity, creativity, good communication skills, um, ambitious, confidence. But different people might have these in different levels. So it's not that you have to be all those things. You could be maybe stronger in some of those areas and maybe need to develop others so that's fine as well so as well as that people think you may need to have all your education based around equine that's not the case at all some people would have degrees in things like finance or business or um you know a wide variety of things and that's fine it's just the experience then and some of the horse side of things And another myth as well is people kind of think that you have to be from a horsey background, but that's not the case at all. You don't have to be from a horsey family or horsey background. You just have to be really, really enthusiastic about
0: horses and the thoroughbred industry and want to work within it. And come on then, Martina. As as someone who's going to be involved in the recruitment and the selection of the candidates for next year, anyone out there listening who's hoping to apply is is going to be looking to you for any tips or advice or or any snippets of information that you can give them that might give them that edge when uh, when applying for next year's course.
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. So what I say to people is try and show yourself, your individuality through when you're putting together your cover letter and things like that. And as well as I just... You know get your head in the game read publications such as tdn or you know um racing Post or anything like that that's going to get you current and understanding what's going on within the industry as it goes through um and just reach out to people you know ask for advice or ask for help Myself or any of the other team uh, members here at Godolph fine Start or any of the current trainees. I mean, you're all very happy to give tips and advice. Maybe as well, if you're interested in fine Start, maybe not you know, for the immediate year, but maybe you see it in your sights for the next few years coming. Get in touch with us and we can give you some advice on maybe, you know, where you could spend some time and get a bit of experience or anything like that. So it's not just that you have to contact us if you're looking to apply this year. If it's something you think might be something you'd like in the next few years, please get
0: a contact. Great. Some great tips and snippets of information there for anyone who is thinking to apply. Martina, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us. And I'm sure many people will find that very useful.
2: It's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you very much.
0: Cheers. Catch up soon. Take
2: care.
0: And joining me now is Mimi Rodham and Violet Hesketh of WH Bloodstock. Thank you very much for joining me. How are you both today?
3: Yeah, well, thank you very much.
4: It's very dreary here, but we're okay. It's nice and it's got a bit warmer, which is, which is a bit nice for the horses living out on new purchases. Yeah, They're not too cold, which is good.
0: I look forward to hearing about them in a little while. Yeah. Um, I guess, first of all, um, it'd be great to hear from, from you both, sort of, as you know, during this podcast series, we're trying to give an idea of how the programme has helped past alumni in their careers and a bit about your experience with the Flying Start. So, first of all, how did you find the programme and how has it helped you in your career to date?
3: Um, I mean, there's so many different ways in which it's helped them, helped us, sorry. <laughs> but I'm going to focus on on three that I think are particularly important. Firstly is, is just, the incredible collection of industry figures you meet during the course. Um, and particularly the Flying Star alumni who are so generous with their time and sharing their knowledge and ideas. You know, it really gives you an unparalleled opportunity to, to learn from people who've been in your position. I can think of a couple of examples, one being um, Nick Flanagan giving us a lecture at Kildangan Stud. And he's basically sort of said, the only way you can really learn about pinhooking, which is obviously what Violet and I are, were very interested in, and selecting stock is to really get some skin in the game. And, of course, Violet went on to do that when she was on the course. And we, we did it immediately after, before we had started WH Bloodstock. Mm-hmm. Secondly, my placement at Newgate with um, with past graduate Henry Field, you know, I sort of expressed my both our desire to start a consignment business. And um, he just said really honestly do what I did just crack on you can do it just as well now as you will in 10 years and just get going and both those bits of advice were really instrumental in WH starting up
4: yeah and I think yeah I totally agree with what Mimi's saying and also the course the course gives you confidence but you know confidence whether it be a public speaking or business management and I know remember one thing Chloe was very hot on which was social media but you know that social media aspects we learned on the course has really helped us going forward. I mean, I can't tell you how important it is now when it comes to selling horses, having good social media. We've sold two horses by putting them up on Twitter, lunging, whether they're lunging or walking via, you know, via people seeing it on Twitter. So that's a big part of the course. I think people need to take it really seriously when they're doing it and um, learn from as many people in the industry who are very good at that as
3: well. And as Violet kind of touched upon there, I think the confidence thing you know all the public speaking we had to do and also it just it created in us both I think a sense of self-belief like there's no way yeah. before the flying start would I have had the confidence or the belief in myself that I could do something like WH Buzzstock. and I obviously um, Violet and I meeting one another on the course also was instrumental yeah. in WH coming about because we just hit it off straight away and had similar aspirations and goals but um this course also really helps you figure out your strengths and your weaknesses for example before i started the flying star i thought i wanted to be a dust occasion i very quickly realized that wouldn't be playing to my strengths at all um because it would, didn't really involve as much horsemanship which was probably one of my main attributes so the course really helped us um kind of figure it all out basically yeah
0: yeah that's really really um good insight from you both um cool. And so tell us a little bit about your role now and and the running of WH and what that entails. Um,
4: so we both, we both have very similar roles. You know, we're a small business, so we do everything together, whether it be liaising with clients. I mean, so we have, there are some clients that one of us liaises with more. We do accounts, invoicing, marketing, dealing with staff, which is obviously a very big part of it, and just generally being hands-on. I mean, we do everything, which is great. You know, well, that's what we like to do. It's a small business, and we get to do a bit of everything. We haven't got too big yet, whereas it's, you know, we, we do certain roles each
3: yeah and perhaps as the business grows which we hope it will continue to do so that might change we might have to sort of come up with a more of a precise division of labor but actually we quite enjoy sharing it all and talking through it i think that's one of the main advantages to having business
4: partners and going forward you know we do have sort of goals and things we want to achieve and we've definitely we're now focusing more of the consigning side of the business we feel there's still an opportunity within the industry to grow this um so that's something we're working on um, at the moment, as well as we now we've stopped doing breakers, which we did for two seasons. We're now trying to get more broodmares because we've got more land. So we're kind of changing and adapting all the time, which I think is very important for a, an industry that's uh, for a business that's you know still in its youth. For
2: sure. Exactly,
4: as Violet it said, it's a lot more trial and error than you might think, um,
3: and the breaking just didn't work for us. Um, it was really hard to get the riders. And actually, our accountant pointed out they didn't even make us that much money. So we sort of yeah. decided to focus more on the consigning, which, you know, you get more commissions and something that we thought we could really excel at with, you know, we've got really good sales staff, we're yeah. good communicators. So, um, yeah, that, so far, that seems to be the sort of aim of the game.
1: Yeah.
0: And you mentioned that you've got you've got some goals for the future. I'm sure everyone would be really interested to hear Sort of what they are, maybe short term or long term, or or anything that you both have in mind at the moment.
4: Well, I think make as much money as possible, (laughs) Um, the main one. Um, But kind of just what we said really is sort of expand on the consigning side of things. You know, we're increasing our investment in pinheads every year, so obviously they have to pay off. So that keep going well. I mean, we've been lucky so far; it's gone well. But I guess, you know, build up on the pin team, buy some more mares um, and consign more horses. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. And um, I think as Violet touched on it earlier, sort of trying to build up a broodmare band of our own. We've, yeah. we've currently only got the one mare and we've got a few for clients as well, but we'd like to buy some more. We struggled to get close to them at this sale because it was just so incredibly strong. But hopefully um, there'll be a few more opportunities in February or else as always next year. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the kind of aim, really.
0: Brilliant, and that sort of leads us nicely on to, to the next point. How's how's the year been then for WH, both on the consigning side and on the the purchasing side?
4: The year's been great, actually. I mean, we bought I think bits and bobs in six or seven bowls. We made money on all of them apart from one. There were no like wow results, but they all made money. So we're in profit, which was... You know, in, a, in what was a tricky market in book one, we managed to get up pretty unscathed. Um, and then the full sales went great. We're really fortunate to have built up some really good clients over the few, last few years. And so that allows us to be able to buy some very nice individuals, which, you know, is great for us. We currently have 14 wheelings out in the paddocks. Um, the majority will be offered next year. And, you know, it's just a joy going to look at them every day. Hopefully, you've got to hope they go the right way. But at the moment... We still like them,
3: so that's good. <laughs> yeah, and I, we've, I think in terms of strength and depth, this is by far yeah. the most exciting bunch of young horses we've had. So, I mean, I'm I'm very nervous, but also very excited about yeah. 2022's Yearling Sales. Yeah, it's
4: exciting now. The sleepless nights probably start around June. <laughs> 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 Maybe <laughs> September. <for Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can enjoy it now. Nothing's gone
3: wrong yeah. yet. Yeah. The dream is
0: still alive. Is there anything in particular we should be looking out for at next year's Yearling Sales?
4: Do you mean of our stock? Or yes. Of, of what we bought?
0: Yeah, of the pinhooks um, from this year, I mean, sorry.
4: I think we bought very, very nice wooden bath at Philly in Chatterstall's. Um, I really can't, really looking forward to offering her. And then a newbie... Yeah the, new, yeah, the new bay we bought in Goths. Cult half to the Acropolis, um, yeah. which
3: is a cool horse. I mean, we were so thrilled. We didn't think we'd be able to get near him. And, and then going to Tats and seeing what they were making, we were just so thrilled we have him for the price we did, which was a lot, but I think actually yeah. it sort of, Tass, the, the price that tassels made him look cheap it
4: fell in you know it fell the right way we were lucky that our you know friend a good friend of ours who we also do a bit of business with Brendan in holland from Grove stud happened to adore the cult too so we managed to partner up with him which was the reason we could afford him otherwise i you know we wouldn't have been able to afford him so you know sometimes you've got to partner up with other people and to get what you want yeah For sure. um let's hope it pays off <laughs> yeah exactly let's see
0: Well, look, very exciting times for for WH and we're really all excited to to see how it goes and and expands in the future. Um, And I guess just lastly, we're sort of hoping, you know, people will be inspired by the success that you both have had and, you know, might look to apply for the course themselves in the future. Would you have any advice for potential applicants?
4: Um, Yes, I would. I think what I did and I think Mimi did pre-applying is just talk to as many alumni as possible so you can get a good idea of the course and if you really want to do it because it's an incredible course but you have to be very committed to it. I'd also say go... know if you're lacking a bit of experience you can't be go into another country to do a bit you know bit get more a bit more experience. I know that when applying that's you know something they like. Also a big thing is I think a lot of people when they go to do the course think they must have a set idea of exactly what they want to do, which is so not the case. Like you don't have to go into the interview thinking oh, I want to be a blood cell agent. The course is there to help you decide what you want to do. You get to do work in every aspect, and then that course will help, hopefully help you, give, give you the grounding to work out what you want to do. So don't, uh, you know, big mistakes. People think, oh, my God, I've got to know exactly what I want to do before doing the course. That's just completely not the case. That You know, you want to be a sponge just ready to take everything in, and then you can decide. I mean, the majority, I'm sure the majority of people that have done the course said would say what they thought of. When coming into the course, what they were going to do was very different leaving two years later.
3: Exactly, as it was for both of us. Um, And you just, I think you've just got to adapt. Um, And again, touching on what Violet's already said is give yourself enough time to get the experience before you apply it. Don't waste an application if you haven't got at least a year's experience working in the industry because you just won't get on. And you may as well... To vote a year, to sort of as Violet said, going going overseas, working for a stud firm, working for a trainer, and then applying when yeah. you have the knowledge, and make sure you read the tdn every day, in, in the six weeks yeah. at least leading up to the interview <laughs> because you will be tested
0: on it. Well, <laughs> I uh, I couldn't echo those points enough as well. I mean, Mimi Violet, thank you so much for your time. Really can't thank welcome. you enough. Um, we really appreciate the time you take out to speak to us. Um, and all the best thank,
4: thank you, you very, very much. much all the best for you guys um, going forward we hope Covid doesn't get in the way of too much of your travels yeah
0: absolutely we'll we do too catch up soon thanks,
4: all right, thanks yeah. very thank, much. Much. thank you
0: so as we conclude on today's episode of Leading to Success I want to send out a special thank you to Nick Luck for all the support of our podcast to Godolphin our Executive Director, Clodagh Kavanagh, and to Martin Larkin, who has assisted and supported us in creating the podcast. To learn more, please visit the Godolphin Flying Start website at www.godolphinflyingstart.com And as always, a massive thank you to the guests, Margot, Martina, Violet and Mimi. As usual, we will be back on the third Friday of next month, which will be the 21st of January, with our US edition of Featuring more trainees and alumni to discuss the Godolphin Flying Start programme, careers in racing and answer any questions about applying for the programme. I've been your host, Chris Moore, leading you to success. Cheers.